a podcast one production. All right, cool. Let's start. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. This is Radical Fashionism with Christian and Andy. And we're doing a podcast because what we're wearing is too good for you to look at. I tried to do makeup. Oh, my God, I tried to do makeup for the party. Like, I had a dry run of the makeup we were going to do. What a fail. Yeah. I looked like good. I looked like a bad Harlequin clown who'd been, like, beat up by my aggressive boyfriend. Like, it was <laughs> so terrible. It's really hard, like, painting your own face. Like, mm. it's hard to do that, which is why being, like, a tattoo artist is so terrifying to me. Yeah, but you've tattooed people before. Yeah, but you're not allowed to talk about that. Kidding. <laughs> you can keep that in if you want. You've never tattooed anyone before. Never. Ever. We're not getting sued. Uh, you look cute today. I was going to wear that jumper yesterday. Thank you. So you're basically in this Prada green turtleneck. Everything I'm wearing today is Gucci except for the turtleneck. Mm. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in all Italians today, which is fun. I love, love to be an Italian. I love to be in Italians. Hit me up in the DMs. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. And then, <laughs> and then you've got this gold, like, sparkly jumper on. It looks like a cricket jumper. It's really, really cute. Yeah, it's Lurex. It's got it's a gold Lurex cricket jumper from the Gucci collection that was inspired by Elton John's archive, which is my favourite one. Yeah, absolutely. And then you've got pink and, like, avocado. Yeah, tartan shorts from yeah. the same collection. Yeah. Are they from the same collection? I didn't yeah, they that. are. Everything is except for my jelly sandals. And then jelly sandals and little sort of... The jelly sandals are really cute because they kind of like take me to this weird, perverse, like it childhood look, I like them zone. because it looks like they're made out of old condoms. Like, you know, when you're walking down King's Cross and you see a condom that someone's flung out of a car door and it's like laid on the street for a while and it's gone kind of yellow. Ew. That's the colour. Oh, and then they've got gold studs, like a like a really cheap dog collar that you get from Pet Barn, but obviously very expensive because they're Gucci. I love them. Yeah. They're from it's like that- a ribbed for her condom. Yeah. If you turn that inside out, it's ribbed for you as well. These are from the collection where they did the gimp suit that Rihanna wore too. Oh. Yeah, where, they, where he did the crystal gimp suit for, um, yeah. and she wore it to Coachella. Yeah. And then you're sort of wearing monogram Gucci. Yeah, the monogrammed knee sock. I like to dress like a sexy toddler. <laughs> You're in silk today. I am. Which is dangerous being the sweaty man that you are. I'm very sweaty. As soon as I get nervous, which is very often, um, I, yeah, I just start sweating. And where's, where's this silk pyjama suit from? Tell, tell, the, tell the children the story. Tell the children the story. <laughs> um, it's this... I don't, I don't know what that get was. In the, get in the van, kids. I've got a story for you. <laughs> <laughs> There's drinks in the back. Carry on. Tell me. Tell me where this is from. Actually, I know where it's from because I was there when we got it. Yeah, it's Erdemon H and M. It's a silk pajama set. It's green with blue flowers on it. Well, I think it happened because Erdem himself was kind of like after he did it. After the H and M thing had come out, we were like, oh great, Erdem is going to start doing menswear. Now yeah. I don't know if you guys at home know who Erdem is. He's an English designer and he does the most beautiful florals. Like in, his textiles are incredible. Like. Oh, like I literally yeah. die. So, I, like, we were like, oh, that's fine. We don't I need to buy the H&M. I always think when Middleton looks the best, she looks the best when she's in her yeah, damn, absolutely. And I was, you know, we don't love H&M, obviously, because fast fashion hurts my feelings. Obviously, they do work hard for the environment, and that's great. So, you know, okay, so we were like, oh, well, maybe we won't get it. Maybe, And then he literally came out and said, I'm not ever doing menswear again. And we were like, oh, need. shit. Tattoos are an interesting trend. When did you first get into them? 
I don't think I am into them. I don't think I ever was into them. I had a couple of like silly ones that like I had John Bonet Ramsey and the date her corpse was found just as kind of like a joke. And I had just like for a touch of elegance. Mm, I had like a friend's name here. And then I had some bad backyard ones we did with a tattoo gun we bought off eBay. They were just like silly. But I didn't like get into them per se until I met my friend Lauren, that Lauren Windsor, the tattoo artist, who we're we're gonna talk to later. Um and now I have a lot. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I like them. I do like them now. You look good with them and they're fun. Your tattoos are really fun. There's nothing particularly sentimental about mine. Like I don't have like any that are, I mean, like I love Dr. Zeus. Seuss? I love Dr. Seuss. But you're also not a white man with tribal tattoos, which I think is like <laughs> the worst thing anyone could ever do. Yeah, it's worse than genocide. Like there's nothing worse. If you're not in a tribe, if you're not associated with a tribe, if you're not a tribe's person. If you're a white Man. No, like, look, I don't know. Maybe you were like a white baby who got lost down the Serengeti and you were raised by a tribe. Okay, you're in. You're in. But other than that, unless you're part of a tribe, don't get a tribal tattoo. I remember one time we were on a family holiday down south somewhere and we'll go into a beach and my brother was about to take his shirt off to go swimming and he was like, oh, uh, Dad, I need to tell you something. My dad hates tattoos. He's hates Richard it. is firmly against hates it. There's been times that during summer that Andy's been over and he's like almost asked Andy to put on a shirt because mm. he hates them so much. But my brother was like, Dad, I need to tell you something. I got this tattoo over his heart. He got an outline of Australia with a silver fern in it because we're f- from New Zealand and yeah. obviously live in Australia. Absolutely. And my dad was like, oh, you know, I hate tattoos, but I love that one. I'm like, why? Yeah. We've spoken to your dad, though, about tattoos, and he did divulge to us that he once considered getting a crucifix on his back. Oh, yeah, a crucifix on his back. (laughs) Or a rose on his shoulder. (laughs) Why? Why would he get a crucifix on his back? I don't know. (laughs) Bless. He's not a particularly religious man, but he does have a thing with crosses. He went to Byron Bay the other day and came back with this wooden cross with a whole bunch of like balls on it and I was like, that would look good in your bedroom. Like, take, just take that somewhere I'm not going to see it. down of that crucifix. Yeah. Someone needs the wood. I feel like everyone these days have them. Every time you try and watch reality TV show or those people and they're in like villas in Mallorca and they've got like weird sort of swirly shit on their hips and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think it's... I'm not saying that it's bad. It's but almost it, become like a rite of passage to get a tattoo. There is still a stigma, I guess, with the older generation uh, that is Why do you negative. think that's around? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe bikey culture. Maybe bikey culture. I mean, why don't you have a tattoo? Why, why don't you? Well, one, my dad hates it. I'm... Oh, because you're so pro doing things your dad loves. <laughs> oh, that's, that's such a huge concern but for our lives. But that's just such like a... I mean, yeah, you're correct. Like, there's five children. Because and- you talk about getting tattoos all the time, every day. Every day it's a new fucking tattoo that we may or may not want to get. But see, that's Monday, the thing. Monday it's a pink wine. That's Tuesday it's a My Little Pony. I change my mind so often and I just feel like I'll get something and then like literally a day later I'll be like, that is stupid. So you get another one. If I had a dollar for every time I had a stupid tattoo, I wouldn't be here trying to sell ads and I was on also, a podcast. As a kid, <laughs> I was really concerned that like no one would ever hire me for anything. And turns out that that's not a problem because I don't do anything with <laughs> yeah, my life. Yeah. So Plot twist. The tattoos didn't stop them. It's your lack of appeal. So your tattoo's been like shit all. No, not like our friend Mitchell who got a red rose, which represents his grandma, but it just looks like a red, red cabbage. cabbage. <laughs> we think 
the window. Far beneath love's bitter snow lies the seed that with the sun's love in the spring becomes the red cabbage. Yeah, when he told me one day, he's like, yeah, this rose symbolizes my grandma because, like, she's soft like a rose but also tough like a rose. I was like, you're fucked. Like, why didn't you just get a picture of your grandma there if she means so much to you instead of a fucking cos lettuce? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, mine don't mean anything like that. My favourite tattoo of yours is that I am happy. Yeah, I just have my uh, uh, a friend. I still call him a friend. We, uh, we don't talk anymore, but, you know, he's a nice guy. He tattooed the words I am happy on my arm with a tattoo gun that was kind of got from eBay or something. Like, it, like neither of us were tattoo artists. Um... I really like that one. I really like that one. What, what other one? Well, you have a whole Dr. Seuss sleeve. Yeah, I have a Dr. Seuss arm, which I really like, obviously. I'm a huge fan of under my arm, under my left arm, I have... It was another backyard job. It's like a crown and it says Prince Charming. But I wrote Prince... I wrote it on myself with a pen before they tattooed me and I wrote it in a mirror. So Prince Charming is actually backwards. And Charming's also not one word. Yeah, like I ran out of room for Charming. So it says Charm and then under it, Ing, which is really fun. Oh, I have John Waters. If you don't know who John Waters is, stop listening to my podcast. As a pink flamingo, as his character from The Simpsons, which I'm a huge, that's definitely one of my favourite ones. Mm. And Lauren, like, tattooed glitter into that one. It's like the glitter has since fallen out, but when it first got it, it was, like, sparkly, which was super fun. Um, Your whole chest, do you have that big sort of... Oh, yeah. my ch- I kind of have broken my body up into sections. So one arm is Dr. Zeus, one arm is Miami Vice. I have my gay icon's leg, which has like... Um, it has a Courtney Love sketch. It has Divine. It has John Waters, blah, blah, blah. My torso is... My torso and neck is like my uh, satanic area. So I have like a... I have like a ram skull. I have a, a king snake with some peonies. Like that's kind of the work in progress area. My other leg is Rocky Horror, which I've only got one thing of, but I really need to Really, it's just a bougie, like... Gucci fan. <laughs> yeah, I just really love king snakes. Um, a lot of people do say that about that snake tattoo. They're like, oh, you've got a Gucci snake. I'm like, the king snake existed before Alessandro Michele used it. Like, the king snake is like nah. the most biblical of all snakes. The people who say it are just bougie people who only look at Gucci now, <laughs> I think is the thing. <laughs> Why don't you have any on your back? Because uh, only bottoms get back tattoos. Would you ever get anything? I really want to, but my mind just changes all the time. I really want to get boys suck, but then I, someone else said they wanted to do that. I wanted to do that above my doodle. Um, <laughs> above your pointy up doodle. Shut up. <laughs> like you lay your doodle over your balls whilst I stick it up to God. Yeah, he to like remind me of my up to, look, Like it's winking at him. Hello. It is. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> I think that's the thing too You have to understand that If you get a tattoo today That's great But I can promise you In 20 years time You're going to have nothing to do with that tattoo You're going to be like lol But my that's great as well My sister was part of a scav hunt When she was in year 12 And one of the things on there a was A scav hunt? Scav hunt Like a scavenger hunt Oh a scavenger hunt um, And one of the things was Get Barker 03 tattooed And she got it on her ass Really? Yeah Really? Yeah Really? Mm-hmm. I would like to see that. All right, let's start some history. Let's go. Poodles. If you don't have legs, you can't wear high heels. And if you don't have a brain, here's a history segment. Watch closely. Welcome to the radical fashionism school of fashion for the gifted. And the not so gifted. I love it. So you're definitely the expert between the two of us on 
the subject. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, having, you know, felt the pain of a needle, I do know a lot. Why did you want to learn something? Yeah, I want to learn something. I want a little history. A little history about tattoos in yeah. fashion. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, the first thing that springs to mind is probably 2015. Dries Van Noten did a collection and like the underpinning of the collection, uh, like the outlines under the clothes were these incredibly ornate, like linear. Oh, fuck. I just dropped the headphone thing. The exact thing I made fun of Christian for doing. Damn it. The underpinnings were these incredibly ornate, uh, like drawings on sheer shirts. And it, it looked as though the models had been under the needle for hours in, in intense pain, but they, they hadn't. It was just beautiful clothing. This was not by any means, the first time that tattoos have kind of showed up on high-fashion well, runways. Were, were the models during that runway sort of high-fashion models, your, your typical sort of skinny Dries Van, girls? Yeah, Dries Van Noten always is, is very runway. Um, I would say the first, and probably for me the biggest kind of entry of tattoos into like a very mainstream, high-fashion, high-profile runway was Jean-Paul Gaultier's famous spring 1994 Les Tattoo Collection. Yeah. Um, it itself was a nod to sheer printed shirts shown kind of five years ago earlier by the designer's protege, the young Mason Margiela, who again had kind of referenced tattoos. But Jean had really taken that and done it much bigger, done it much fresher and kind of rubbed it in, in Paris's face, which was very, very fun. Well, I think everything that Jean-Paul Gaultier has always done has always, it's it's been very fun. It's been very cheeky. It's sort of been making fun of itself. It's got a self-awareness. Completely. But I mean, he he's probably the biggest referencer of tattoos, even when he redesigned the Diet Coke bottle. It was, it was done with tattoos. His collection for Target had tattoos, Sailor Jerry motifs. I think it's been something that's very involved in his brand, mostly because of the nautical connotations of Jean-Paul Gaultier and uh, kind of sailors, Sailor tattoos, Sailor Jerry. So it's definitely kind of in the DNA of the brand. Following on from this, you had designers like Vivian Westwood in the punk scene, who she continues through her label to reference tattoos even more recently in spring 2015 the models the makeup was actually yeah. inspired by tattoos so the eyebrows were kind of looked like they were tattooed on in stencils there was you know things added to the face in kind of black eyeliner so it kind of even has evolved past just being clothing or tight sheer clothing that represents tattoos it's now being integrated into the looks well, yeah the whole aesthetic of completely i mean and you can kind of follow these these more punk anarchist brands through it and how tattoo has affected them even the screen printed t-shirt which is a staple in everybody's wardrobe the idea of taking something that's very generic and iconic, like your body, like a T-shirt, and then screen printing an image onto it, whether that's a band logo, whether that's a slogan, that all has been inspired kind of post-80s from that tattoo movement of just stamping things onto yourself. So to understand fashion and tattoos, is it's a very integrated process, which is nice. I'm trying to think of one more, though. I had one more. This is what happens when you try and be paper-free. This is Radical Fashionism with Christian and Andy. Oh my God, we're here with Lauren. We're here with Lauren, yeah. I'm so glad. We've been looking forward to chatting to you for so long. Me too. My whole holiday, I've been waiting to come back and do this. <laughs> you look amazing today. Right back at you. You've just come back from Paris. Well, Europe, but I'm going to say Paris because yeah, it's fun Paris. to say. Yeah. yeah, sounds sophisticated. Now, you obviously have a lot of tattoos, you know, a couple here and there. Do you find as a female, there's much of a stigma around it? Hell yeah. I think maybe less now, but when I first started tattooing, 
which yeah, it's about seven years ago or so, and for years after that, going into Maya or like you know the big the big stores, certain people, you know, I always get my bag checked, or someone I went to buy this perfume for my mum's birthday, and they were like. You do know how much that is, and I was like, "Well, yeah, I can read a fucking <laughs> price tag." Yeah, know? but just judging on things like that, and that people don't realize that it actually costs a lot of money to get well. No, tattoos that aren't in jail, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So they don't understand that they think it's rough. Even my mum thought it was rough, but like going through the airport, you know, have you ever done this random bomb check before? It's like, yeah, every time. Actually, the only time I didn't do it, my ba- my dad has like screws in his back, and they went off. So they went straight for him, and like that was the only time I haven't been asked for a random bomb or drug test. But yeah, it's person to person. Like even my mum, she's gonna listen to this, sorry mum, but she was uncomfortable with me tattooing and didn't understand it because it's a different generation, and that's fine. Like it was hurtful because exciting things were happening for me in the tattoo world, and she was just like, okay, I don't really get it. And then as soon as I was in this, in this little newspaper, yeah, a fact. local newspaper, and the hairdresser remembered my name, mum was like. Like, oh my god! But I like mean, at this <laughs> point, at this point, like pre the paper, you had like tattooed the chick from Paramore, right? You like had the shop. Was on like, like t- big tattoo ma- magazine covers, like <laughs> things that are really, really important in our industry. And I was like, and then this article was like not even palm size article on the f- back of the fucking newspaper. It's like, oh my god! Like you must be doing really You're well. A celebrity, <laughs> yeah, she's adorable. You, you do have. A celebrity, which is crazy. It's really weird, especially in Australia. I think it's, I think I notice it more in Australia because we don't really have a lot of big celebrities just roaming around like America and stuff. So, and and, and also like <laughs> Wild me animals. just tattooing so many people and then meeting so many people in the shop. How did a small town girl end up being the the tattoo artist of the stars? Well, it all started with Miley. So Miley was on tour. Uh, a couple of years ago and her assistant who I didn't know anything about I'd actually stayed up and bought tickets to a show because I was obsessed with her you have a Miley you had a Miley Cyrus tattoo yeah right, it's previous. got her butt on it on my leg and it says party in the USA <laughs> and I was partying in the USA when I got that and yeah so she was on tour and her assistant wanted to get tattooed and everyone recommended me which was super nice because I didn't even know who he was and he's like, oh, you know. You've been recommended. I want to get this pineapple, blah, blah, blah. Can you come and do it at the studio? And so I went and met up with them and he messaged me and he's like, Miley just saw all your stuff through me and she wants to get all these tattoos off you. So we're not breaking her out of her hotel in the middle of the night. Because she has to go through so much security just to leave somewhere. Uh, so when we broke her out, we snuck into the car park of this hotel and we were parked in a disabled parking spot and like laid our seats flat so no one could see that we were in the car waiting for her to come down and then we went to get out and our ticket didn't work and so we had to break through the like pull the little swinging thing up yeah, yeah the boom gate that's what it's called um, and snuck thing. her out and took her straight to the shop and then drove them home it was one of those nights and there's heaps of storms and so yeah we, we just didn't want anyone to find out so I get home late that night and she posted that she got tattooed off me and then I get all these messages from girls being like I'm out the front of Hunter and Fox like it's pissing down yeah all these people like it's I'm so glad like I didn't think about it at the time but I'm so glad that we went the extra mile to sneak her out of there because I didn't realize how crazy people went mental people's lives are like that yeah people um, went mental what would you say your customer is? Who is your, like, customer? Who who are they? Are they male? Are they female? Like, what? who are they? Mostly female, like, younger females, um, and a lot of the gay community, too. The gay. Yes. We have a very specific aesthetic. Yeah, it's either really flamboyant or tacky or really <laughs> fine and delicate. Like, that kind of sums me up, too. Just a, a complete opposite. How did you kind of find that niche? 
Well, I was lucky enough that when I started drawing when I was a kid, like that's the stuff that I like to illustrate and I kept a blog like when Tumblr was a thing. I it's still it. a thing now. It's just porn. Oh, yeah. Oh. That's, yeah, that's how anyone still uses so it. When it was for actual life blogging, um, <laughs> I would put all my artworks up there and people started asking me to design them tattoos and then it kind of just went from there. So when I did do my apprenticeship, I was like, oh, my first flash sheet was My Little Pony. Like I kept with it and even though that was kind of wrong at the time um i just kept doing my own stuff so it's always been what i've been doing i wanted my little pony tattoo so badly i would love to but like that. a my little snm pony oh yeah. my god yeah, yeah. Boy. do you consider your tattoos when you're getting dressed or you just not give a fuck more when i'm buying clothes than when i'm getting dressed because i mean if i've bought it i'm gonna wear it but for me like uh, my body is kind of crazy so i have to wear more plain clothes generally I like how you say that I've literally never seen you in plain clothes like I'm trying to well, think right now to the, yeah I, but then I'll have yeah like a crazy jacket or something just so it's like I can't really wear crazy print stuff that's the one thing I can't yeah. really do because I've got every color on me so it clashes with everything if I have a pattern that's like just say a blue I've got a blue dress that's blue flowers on it that's fine yeah but if you've got more than one color on there Mm-mm. We're out. Like a lot of people come in and be like, oh, who tattoos you? As if it's one person. And it's like, well, I've t- been tattooed by everyone in the shop, but I also like there's people I'm still dying to get tattooed off over the world because I pick people to tattoo certain designs because that's what they're going to be better at or I want to see their version of it. Or, yeah, it's collecting their art. Or if I see one of their designs, uh, original designs, I want to have that forever, you know? And if that if tattooing's the way that they do it, then I want to have that on my body. How do you think that tattoos and fashion kind of work together? Well, I actually did an interview a long time ago with Harper's Bazaar and they asked me, and the way that they put it was like, how do you think tattooing is an accessory to fashion? And I thought that was really interesting because with the really small tattoos that I'm doing, they are kind of like an accessory. And a lot of people that wouldn't normally get tattooed before when they weren't, that wasn't like a big thing, they're getting them now and they're fashionable and they're trendy and like that's what is a trend and there are trends in tattooing. So yeah, I feel like it's accessorizing or it's a whole, it's a complete look. It's um, it's definitely something that ha- is evolving. Pati- oh, geez, that was a really pretty <laughs> breathing. Congratulations you, on the puberty. Yeah, if you guys didn't realise I'm a man now. Um, I think it's 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 something that's really evolving. Particularly, I see in like with females, there it's not such a hyper masculine thing to do anymore. And it's shops like yours where people feel really welcomed and included and part of the conversation that I think has really opened up the dialogue for it. Like I feel very like I enjoy going into the shop and I, it's the same kind of feeling I get when I go into like Gucci and they open a bottle of champagne for me. Like I feel, ve- like I feel, I get that luxury feeling where I'm looked after and people want to know things. And-, and that's how it should be. It's a whole experience. Like, yeah, you're coming out with a tattoo, but like one of my favorite looking tattoos, I had the worst experience and I don't like it. Like it's all, it's all memories and it's personal, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you're doing it because it feels good. Not that's because right. it's all, it's just all for me about expressing yourself in, yeah, whether it's your skin or your clothes or together, whatever, you know. Don't go for second best, baby. That is really <laughs> just really sexy to nice the test. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming and chatting with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're the best. Thank you so much. This is my first podcast. Thanks for taking my virginity. Your podginity. Very gentle. So, okay, one morning I wake up at Christian's. 
and I'm hung over. Like, holy shit. I have a train parked on my head. I wake up in his bedroom. I wake up in his... It was your old bedroom too. So it's just like a small little like, you know, like a third bedroom in a house and I wake up. So there's not a lot in there. There's just the bed, the side table and then crap all over the floor that we've like shed as we came home. I kind of look at his bedside table with the lamp and the rings and the etc, etc. And on there I see a very small navy leather bound Christian Dior notebook. And I'm like, oh, that's good. I'm going to steal the ass out of that. And I was like, when did Christian Dior do notebooks? Like, where did you get this from? So I yell out to Christian, who's on the toilet. Christian, where's this blue Christian Dior notebook from? I really want it. Well, bitch, you have never seen a man move. I have never seen Christian run before. Oh, my God. Shitty ass and all. He bolted into that up. room. So fast. He was like the fucking bullet train. He was in there to get this book. And I was like, what is going on? Now, Christian has like is as weak as a kitten. So you can like hold him back with like one hand. I was like, what is in this book? So I'm like wrestling with you because I don't want to give it to you because obviously there's some like deep, dark secret in there. Like, I don't even know. You're a clone or something. <laughs> Mrs. Andy Kelly. Yeah, just, just written, written all everywhere. Through. No, better. I was like, you know, there's obviously pictures of me asleep in here or some creepy. Better. As a teenager, Christian took to songwriting and all this book in the front of it are these songs that she wrote when she was a teenager. That's so soppy. Oh, he has the book here because he's taken to using the book to write notes. So It's a beautiful book. I'm sitting at Christian's shame that it's filled with shit. No kidding. So I'm sitting across from him. I'm on the same fucking side as you. I'm sitting across from him right now holding the book and the table's just too big for me to reach out and snatch it. (laughs) Can you please sing us a song? I'll accompany you. Tell us the titles. Come on, of course they have titles. Well, one's called Blue Eyes. (laughs) I know about Blue Eyes. One's called Here We Are. (laughs) One's called Superman. (laughs) Fuck me. One's called The Great Escape. Uh, Everybody's Fine. (laughs) Also... I What's the album going to be called? Please tell me what the album's going to be called. I also want to point out that sure, A Moment in Time by Christian Wilkins. I'm a very lucky boy. I've been supported by my family the whole time when I, I didn't even come out. It, like, I never had any angst with that. I went to a good school. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I was so angsty and upset, like, so emotional. <laughs> but the thing is, is your parents loved you so much that they encouraged mediocrity. Like, if, if Christian oh. wrote a mediocre song, they oh. were like, they were like, good for you. That's a great song. You are the best songwriter. I'm going to get you a piano. I'm going to get you a accompanist. I'm going to set you. Now. I'm going to set you up in Albert Hall. Whereas, like my parents were like, "No shit, don't do it." Go I remember one time we were at a charity ball and there was this like auction prize and it was like two hours free studio space with an editor at Sony. Um, and my dad was <laughs> your dad's like best friends with the bloke who owns the yeah, thing. Totally. But he he bid on that and he won it. I've never used it actually. I wonder what- <laughs> In there, let's record something. Let's write a song. Like Christian's parents are so supportive. Christian will be like, "Hey, I think I want to like club a baby seal." And before you know it, we'll be on a boat to Antarctica with a baseball bat. Michelle, Michelle, one time wrote to like the Russian president or some (laughs) shit to get them to stop. (laughs) Dear Mister Russia, (laughs) I'll read you. No, sing, sing. I don't know the tune. Sing, pick a tune. Just pick a famous tune. I think you should do Tracy Chapman's fast car tune. (laughs) Hold on. Let me just find a good one. What's this one called, Christian? Um, this is called Great Escape. 
Well, it's time to stay or make a great escape. Talking about which side of the fence did you land on? Did you see the signs or were you headstrong? <laughs> Never down your drink and always fake your smile. <laughs> at, at this point, you're defenseless, walking around like you set my innocence on fire. That doesn't even rhyme. That's bad. <laughs> can I have that book for my 30th birthday? You can. Oh, fuck the Bible. <laughs> you want to feel good about yourself. You read that one. Okay, end of the episode. I guess you better call your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he never answers my phone calls. So I want to, like, get him back. Let's play a joke. Go with me. Yeah, okay. I'm with you, girl. Hi, thanks for calling. Leave a message and I'll get right back to you. Bye. Hi, Dad. Um, so I'm just here with Andy and we were doing the podcast today with Lauren, my friend who does the tattoos. And, well, we just thought it would be kind of be like a point of difference to get a tattoo because Andy obviously has so many and I I don't, well, I didn't have any. Um so we just thought that I'd get one and I she's a really amazing artist. Don't worry, Richard, it's super tasteful. It's probably about palm size, would you say? Yeah, and it's you it's almost like an ode to you. It's sort of it's just like on my collarbone-ish thing. But um I she's she's an artist, she's amazing. And I just kind of wanted to give her free reign. And I said that your name was Dickie. I wanted it to be about family stuff. Um it's probably not what I had expected. It's a little literal. But it's cute. It's fam. It's like to you. It's an ode to you. Love you. Radical Fashionism was presented by Christian Wilkins and Andy Kelly. Created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Alex Mitchell, executive producer Jennifer Goggin. Sound production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au. Download the Podcast One app or search Radical Fashionism on Apple Podcasts. Just so proud of them.